Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, sister. How are you? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khair. Um, sister, could you um, introduce yourself for us and tell us a little bit about what you do? Okay, assalamu alaikum. Um, my alaykum name salam. is um, Amada Sahar Kisada. Sahar is my Muslim name. And um, I am a Muslim Latina. Uh, my parents are from the Dominican Republic, and I was born in the U.S., and I converted right after September 11th. Mashallah, mashallah. So what, what do you do, sister? Um, alhamdulillah, I am, um, my profession is a teacher, so mm -hmm. an elementary school teacher, but right now I'm not working as a teacher right now. But my passion is um, I help convert sisters once they convert to Islam, um, I am the person that they come to um, and what is basically made of, of this, what I'm talking about. It's like what after the Shahada. So mm -hmm. when sisters convert to Islam, they're like kind of left in, you know, by themselves. They're the only one. They're very confused. So me as a Latina convert and been there, done that, I am like a support group for them. So whatever they might be going through or questions, and sometimes these sisters converted because maybe they're talking to a brother. So I don't want them to confuse the dean through the brother. So I basically kind of tell them that as a convert, we don't have culture mixed into our dean. We basically learn the dean straight. So if any questions they might have or, or any doubts that, you know, they, they have my number and it's a group of sisters that have been Muslim for like from 17 years to a week. So it's a group that I have and we go through all kinds of emotions, you know, and it's to let them know that we're there for you. Even if you're a family that are non-Muslims not there for you, we're here to support you. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. That's a really, um, really sounds amazing because I think it's really important. Recently, I've been having a talk with um, some sisters about um, like this similar um, subject. And um, one of the things we did mention is that sometimes when sisters have become Muslim and especially if they've come to Islam, you know, through knowing a brother, for example, and getting married, then when the, if the marriage does break down, sometimes women do leave the religion as well. Um, and it, partly because they don't have enough knowledge of the religion for themselves. So this is really, mashallah, important, important work that you're doing. Jazakallah khair. So sister, um, you mentioned that you're also yes. a Latina Riva yourself. So would you mind sharing some of your story? How did you come to Islam? Oh, alhamdulillah. So um, I converted like maybe, um, oh goodness, like maybe two months uh, before September 11th. Mm -hmm. I mean, a little bit after September 11th. Um, I was a Catholic as a, you know, usually the Spanish culture, you're mm -hmm. a Catholic in the beginning. Um, my grandmother had became a born again Christian and started going to Pentecostal church and she would take her grandkids. My mom was never a church lady, but she respected the church. So my grandmother would take her grandkids to the church and I'm the oldest of the, of the girls of her grandkids. And I kind of took the church more seriously and I was a very devoted Christian. And I always thought that being in this world, you know, God brought us here and we have to do something. We have to live differently. So I was a very devoted Christian at that time, you know, I was with my Bible in, in high school and went to church three, day, three times a week. And I noticed that the church was kind of changing and kind of being a little bit more modern. Um, and now, you know, now this time I was already married and I was going through a divorce. I had three children at the time. I was 29 and now I'm going through a divorce and I'm going through a religion 
kind of like trying to figure out where is God and what, you know, where I'm at right now, I don't feel that I'm happy in my Christianity. So now being a divorcee, looking for, you know, a, looking for the correct faith, um, I saw this lady covered from head to toe and I wanted to know what church she goes to. Uh, because I remember one time when I was in church, there was a bit there, we usually have churches visiting our church. And I remember a particular church that came to visit us and the ladies had a veil on their, and their, and their heads. And when I saw this lady at the supermarket, I thought she was from the same church that had visited us like maybe a year ago. So I had came up to the, to the, to the lady, which, you know, the sister, of course, and I told her, I was talking to her and, you know, I was preaching the word of Jesus. And, she, and I was asking her, Oh, what church you go to? And she looked at me kind of funny. <laughs> so, she's like, so she's like, no, I don't, I, I don't go to church. And then I'm like, Oh my God, what, you know, what, what church do you go to? If you don't go to church, where, where do you go? Cause I just admired her, her, mm. her gear, how, how she was dressed. And then she started talking to me about Islam and about uh, Jesus, um, that she was talking to me about Jesus differently than what I believed. So she said, you know something, my English is not too good. Um, I refer you to go call uh, a, mesh, uh, a, a mosque and, you know, they could give you more information. And this is before um, internet. This is like 19, like 1999, 2000. So I alhamdulillah contact the masjid um, to see this question because I saw that I was admiring this lady. And the brother that I spoke to is named Omar Kareem. Um, and I was a Sunday school teacher. So I was teaching the Bible for 20 years. So mm -hmm. I should know the Bible in and out. Yeah. So I, I called his brother and he was telling me the stories of the prophets that I was teaching. And he was telling me in details. And I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, what book are you reading? How do you know about these details of the, of the, of the Bible? And he said, this is the Quran. Um, and when he told me that I was angry at God at that moment, because I was like, this beautiful religion has been here and I didn't know about this. And I was oh like, God. you know, God, I waste time, 20 years of Christianity and I could be being a Muslim. So like I was saying, I was, I was going through a divorce. So I put Islam in a hold and what he told me, so, cause I was going through my emotional, you know, things, Alhamdulillah, September 11 happened. That's what hit me in my heart because they were saying things about Islam because I was already reading about Islam. They were saying things in TV about Islam that, that was not what I was learning. That was not the teachings of Islam. And I'm like, I'm going to take my Shahada. I took my Shahada. September 11 happened. September 11, I took my Shahada October 13. I took my Shahada and um, I was in love. You know, I was in love with this religion. I feel like my whole family will be in love too. But I went through a hard time. My mom disowned me as her daughter. Family members disowned me because being a Latina, it's like you have to dress a certain way. If you know, you have to look a certain way. And now I'm being decided to cover. Um, and that was very hard um, for my mom, especially my mommy. I'm the only daughter. And so according to her, I'm the most beautiful woman, beautiful girl in the world. And so she doesn't understand why this Latina has to cover. And she mm. thought I was becoming an Arab. Um, but it took time, alhamdulillah, now she's good, but like, if you think about it, 16 years ago, people didn't know any better, yeah. um, and people thought, like, you're becoming an Arab, um, and it took, it, it was a lot of heartbreak, like I said, I was a single mom, now I converted to Islam, now they said, wow, she's become really crazy now, uh, but I raised my children, 
as Muslims at the same time to respect Christianity because you know of course my whole family is Christian yeah. so I, I wanted to them to respect Christianity because they're going to be questioned by my family I didn't want them to think oh your mother got you into Islam yeah. so you know let me just so I, ba I basically kind of raised them in a way like you know this is Christianity we respect but at the same time we're Muslim so my family even told told me when, when your kids hit 18 and they decide to become Christian, would you let them? I said, yes. But right now as a Muslimah, I have to teach my kids Islam. Mm -hmm. Alhamdulillah, you know, Alhamdulillah, all my kids, both of my older kids, they're also Muslim. They, <laughs> they are already married to Muslims, um, Alhamdulillah and everything Alhamdulillah. like that. Um, but it's all of it's, I think Islam, like especially being a Latina, sometimes our family members think that just because you became a different religion, which, which they see as an auto, religion mm -hmm. they don't they don't see it they don't see it like that you can still be latina and still be muslim like i still have my spanish you know i still cook my spanish tradition i do speak spanish all the sisters that i help in the converts are, are latinas yeah. colombianas mexicanas they all we all speak spanish and uh because islam is a beautiful religion for all it's not just for the Arabs. So alhamdulillah, you know, people are being more educated. My family, alhamdulillah, they're more. <laughs> my mom wants to come visit and stay here in Saudi Arabia, which I'm living right now. So there she's more. So alhamdulillah, she's open because she saw that Islam didn't change me. I'm still the funny, crazy, you know, person. Yeah. You know, and, and nobody has abused me or nobody has, you know, because I'm a strong woman. So she raised a strong woman. And I just wanted to show people Islam as a beautiful religion. It doesn't matter what culture you are. Is just if you practice it the right way and with no with nothing else, just fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're here for him, then everything should be, you know, okay, inshallah. SubhanAllah, that's just beautiful. And I really can um definitely it resonates with me because even I was just talking with my daughter just before we started this um interview and we were saying that that it's it's funny, Pete, a lot of people still think that every Arab is Mus is a Muslim. And it's not necessarily the case. There's lots of Arabs and even like Persians who are Christians and other, you know, religions. So it's not necessarily that every Arab is a Muslim or that Islam is only for Arabs. And still some people have this kind of belief. Mashallah. So sister, could you tell us, um, how did you come to actually wear the niqab itself? Oh, alhamdulillah. When I first converted to Islam, and of course, as a new Muslim, you want to learn everything. Um, you want to speak Arabic, you want to read the Quran, you want to know everything, subhanAllah. And the main, and the first thing that I tried to learn, because as a single mom, I want to learn about these women. How, as women in Islam, who are the ones I can look up to? So I started reading about the stories of Khadija radiallahu anha, uh, Aisha, all these beautiful women of Islam are mothers of the believers. And when I started reading about them, I just fell in love and I said, I want to be like that for my kids. I want to be that kind of role model. And when I started reading about what is a niqab, um, it, it just, when I read about it, it just like, wow, mashallah, that makes so much sense. Because now the reason why it made more sense to me, because whatever I learned, sister, I taught my kids. I said, guess what, guys, you know, you know that when you guys went to the masjid and you seen this lady covered with her face. Yeah, mommy, why did she do that? I will always have to, you know, I had to read and explain to my children. Yes. So when I started reading about it and I, and I explained it to my kids and they're like, wow. So it was, a, I'm going to tell you a funny story. I went to the store. And I went to the store with my youngest. At that time, he was six years old. And I went to the store, and I don't know why the gentleman asked for my ID. 
So he asked for my ID for something. And then he saw, you know, because I always smile. He says, oh, it was an auto brother. He goes, mashallah, you have a beautiful smile. And my son looked at me, he was six. He says, mommy, you're wearing the niqab today. <laughs> because, <laughs> and he was six. And he's like, mommy, because we understand, you know, it's something about our beauty. Um, and when I read about it, and I was like, I want to wear this right away. I, it wasn't no thought. It wasn't no... But at the same time, you know, I was a single mom. I couldn't wear niqab. I'm trying to find a job. But when I would see a niqabi, I would feel jealous. SubhanAllah. Mm. When I would see them, I have this jealousy like, my God, I wish I could do that. I wish I could wear this. And, you know, and now I started reading more about it. And, and to me, I believe it's hard for the women to wear niqab. And I know some schools, majority of the school says it is hard to do. And some school says, you know, if the woman could do it, alhamdulillah, they can't, you know. But uh, when I started reading more about it, that's when I decided to do this. But now, so I decided to wear this now um, four years. It's been four years that I now wear it um, for the first time. And, and it's been, I've been wearing it. And I, when I decided to wear it, uh, uh, Trump, which, you know, I'm American, uh, mm -hmm. decided to run for president. So when I decided to wear it, that's when everybody was like, oh, are you sure? So how do you want to wear niqab? You know, uh, how Trump feels about the Muslims and he, now you're going to wear this in your face. And I'm like, I'm not wearing it to, for him or anything like that. I'm just wearing it because this is something I've been wanting to do, wanted to do, cried to Allah that, that I can live to wear it and I'm wearing it. And I've been wearing it ever since then. Uh, I have been, you know, still give my dawah because I'm a, da a da'i, so I give dawah. Um, I've been asked to speak like in, you know, in lectures in the, in the dawah masjids and everything. And it doesn't stop me. And, um, and it makes me, I feel better wearing a cup than anything. Um, I love it. Um, I am glad that Allah gave me the opportunity to wear it. And once now with the sisters becoming Muslim and when they see that I'm Nakabi and they're like, well, they're thinking, oh, do I have to wear Nakab? Because that's one thing that worries me in a way because, you know, they converted to Islam. Now they see me covered from head to toe. I do wear gloves also. I, mm -hmm. I do wear gloves also. So now when they see me, at first I was worried that maybe this will be like a backup to them. Like maybe they're not going to speak to me. Maybe they're going to feel shy. But alhamdulillah, I, with me wearing a cub, I have a stronger sisterhood with the Latinas being convert than ever. So it doesn't make a barrier for me. I don't make it to look like a barrier. When I go out, when I was living in America, I would wear my niqab. I didn't think of it on oh, wearing a cup on my face. Let me start looking at everybody, how they're looking at me. I really didn't care. You yeah. get what I'm saying, sister? Because if you start thinking like that, then you're never going to do anything. Exactly. So I said, this is what I need. Yeah, I need to do this. This is for me. This is for please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm just going to do this. Alhamdulillah, I haven't got anything, you know, negative, you know, from people. Not that I know of her. But basically, and the sister, they asked me, Sister Sahar, I see that you wear a cup. I just converted to Islam. Does that mean I have to wear a cup? you know, or the, or the talk about the hijab. I said, sister, when you decide to become Muslim, mashallah, when you, start to, when you decide to wear hijab, I need you to understand what the hijab is about. It's not just something in your head. It's how you act, how you talk. I said, you need to understand why I wear the niqab. I can give you, explain to you why I wear the niqab, but that's something that you need from, to do from your heart and understand. So mm -hmm. one sister that just converted, she's Bangladesh, she reconverted to Islam. Alhamdulillah. She decided to wear a hijab and now she wants to wear a niqab. And I'm like, are you sure? You know, because sometimes now I wonder, are you sure you want to niqab? You want to wear a niqab? It's not something that you take off and on, you know? So it's not like I'm, yeah, go ahead, wear it. You know, I'm like, please, sister, please understand the responsibility of the niqab. Mm -hmm. Not just, you know, the hijab itself. To understand the responsibilities and, and also not to think and to think around you who's looking at me, who's not looking at me. Because if you're going to start thinking, then you're not ready to wear it.
you know, then yeah, you're thinking of, of pleasing the people around you. You, ple- you know, you're worried about the people around you. Just think about you're pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know. Yes, there are societies that is very hard. I understand that. But if you could wear alhamdulillah, you know, but um, I don't try to discourage sisters if they want to wear niqab. Muslims have discouraged me to wear it, to be honest with you. Mm. And the Muslims, and the Muslims encourage, you know, encourage me to wear it. And some of the Muslims discourage me to wear it, which is sad. But, yeah, you know, this is for Umar now. SubhanAllah. Alhamdulillah. SubhanAllah. So did you have any obstacles? Did you face any obstacles from people when you decided that you was going to wear it? Yes. <laughs> my job I was working as a, um, a, a there's people in New York that they ask for food vendor license and I was in charge of that mm-hmm. my work was 98% Muslim and um, and what happened was I decided to wear niqab and I went you know I went to my work as you know like normal um, and my boss called me to his office and he told and he had told me why are you wearing the niqab and I told him, you know, because I said, maybe he's trying to make sure that I'm wearing it. You know, I understand the question. No problem. Yeah. So I, and I answered him and he's like, well, that's going to be a problem with you wearing a cop here in this office. And I was like, I had to like sit back mm-hmm. and I'm like, why? And he's like, no, because we have customers and we have clients. And I'm like, and I looked at my boss. I'm like, they're all Muslims. They're all like, oh, they're, they're, they're yeah. Yeah, they're Yemenis, they're Egyptians, and most of the clients are all brothers, and they understand. And you know, we and where I work is like ninety percent Arabs, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I was surprised, and he told me no. Um, and then I felt bad. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not gonna say the name of the business, but I say, okay, if 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 that's gonna make a problem for you, because I usually sit in the front, I'll sit in the back. Mm. And he's like, no, no, no. So then I had to call care because I wanted to make sure if I was doing something right. And then care told me, no, you have to sit in the front. Don't, don't let him know, sit in the back. And I'm going to tell you a beautiful story with this. When, when, so now I come back to, after the meeting, you know, I'm shaking, I'm nervous, I'm worried. You know, this is my only income. So I sit in the front and my boss is really upset with me now, you know. And then there's a client that comes that knows me, an Italian guy, an older mm-hmm. guy in his 60s, tall guy, knows me for like three years in the office. He comes in and I'm sitting right in front where he usually sees me. So he comes in, he looks at me and he's like, is that you, Amada? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to hear it. My boss is right behind me and he's Mm going to tell me, I told you so. So I'm like, yes, Tony. He's like, wow, I like that on you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, and and then I said, and I knew that was you through your eyes. And then I'm just, it's like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just like, you know what I'm saying? Calm me down. And then, so he looks at my boss and he's like, you know something? I like her like that. I like that. And I was, this is a non-Muslim telling my boss that, that he didn't know what just happened five minutes ago. SubhanAllah. And for him to come in, you get what I'm saying, Mama? Yeah, it was just like, right, my hair just goes up because I was already nervous. You know, should I take it off? And I just take it off, put it on when I go outside. And I was just like, I'm like, no, this is who I am. And then another client comes an hour later, a Spanish couple, same thing situation. And this couple said, you know something, this lady right here in front of this, in this office is the best worker you ever had in three years. And, and with the niqab sister with the niqab that and then my boss just stood like he was just stunned like he was like you know and I was like looking at him like say you thought this was going to be a problem and look at the non-muslim telling me and telling you what you know what I'm saying sister yeah, it's like when you're doing something from your heart 
and you know this is right, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts that ease on you. Mm -hmm. It's like when you're getting through a test, Allah says and through that test you're getting, you're getting ease and that's exactly what subhanAllah, uh, what happened and you know, so, you know, so yeah, it, 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 I've been through though, but that was the hardest part because they're a Muslim boss and you know, you thought they would support you, but, but alhamdulillah after that it calmed down, <laughs> you know, work was okay after that. But it was, it was, I was nervous. I was shaking because I, you know, I didn't know what to do. Should I sit in the back of the office? Because I'm kind of, you know, this his, is his business. I can't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, yeah, that was like, that was the hardest thing I, I went through because they were Muslims. If it were non-Muslim, oh, okay, this is normal. But it was Muslims then. And then they try to school you, especially when you're a convert. Yes. Usually Muslims that that been Muslim, they try to school a convert. Yep. And like that we don't know any better. And like you know you don't have to do that. Or you don't you know, and that's another thing that I do get. Like sometimes when you're trying to become a better Muslim, these Muslims try to school you and then we when we start telling them, they're like, Oh, like, we didn't know you know that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that does happen a lot. They try to school you and you're like, wait a minute, I've been there, done that, you know. So that's another, you know, that's another issue. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's, it's, that's quite difficult as well, because I think um, when I first became Muslim, I mean, I, I didn't start wearing the niqab straight away, but when you talk about certain things, and sometimes you don't have the knowledge to back it up, but you know that, yes, this mm -hmm. is correct, it's hard to, like, kind of, you know, respond to them when they kind of, you know, start giving mm -hmm. these lessons, subhanAllah, it makes it really difficult, so, like, you get put on the spot quite often. But mashallah, that's amazing. Subhanallah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> since you've been wearing the niqab now, how long is it that you've been wearing it, sister? Well, it's been four years. Uh, I took in 2016, um, in December, December okay. 20th, 2016, yeah. Alhamdulillah. So um, have you traveled with it? Um, and how has that experience been? Yes, I went to my country, Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. um, it was the first time uh, I went to Dominican Republic and I thought, uh, going to my mom's, you know, my, my parents' home country, you know, being, you know, Spanish, Dominicans and everything that I will probably get a little bit more. I was kind of scared, to be honest with you. But when I went to the airport, um, it was more hard <laughs> in American airport than overseas. So when I went to Dominican Republic and I was needed at the international and you're with the visa and everything, and they asked why you're here, um, I said, I'm just visiting. They said, okay, you know, welcome to the country. Um, I didn't get any stairs. I didn't get like when I was getting into states, um, went to the beach, went walking around the local, you know, stores and um, didn't, uh, my husband went too. My husband's also, you know, long beard and everything like that. But I didn't get any stairs. And when we went to the stores and when we speak Spanish, they would look and they're like, oh, you speak Spanish? And I'm like, yeah, I'm Dominican. Like, wow. And they get so excited. They get so happy. Like, wow, really? And I was, I remember this, uh, this, uh, this tourist family that was, me and my husband went to visit this part in Santiago. And once they heard us speaking Spanish and then, you know, I started talking to them, yeah, I'm Dominican. And you know, convert, they get excited, like, wow, really? And then it's like, let's take a picture with you. I'm like, yeah, you know, with my <laughs> and everything. So I felt very welcome in DR, in Dominican Republic. I didn't feel, we didn't feel uncomfortable. Um, like I said, I got more stairs in the States than in Dominican Republic. So I went to Dominican Republic with my niqab um, and felt comfortable. I just, you know, me and my husband said, let's just stay here. <laughs> let's just live here. Mashallah. But um, so, so it was, it was a very nice experience. I haven't had anything negative with my niqab um uh you, nothing like that even when i even when i was driving in the states and you know the police pulled you over um i think i was pulled over because i was trying to get a directions on my phone 
and I grabbed my phone and of course the police saw me, pulled me to the side, you know, I get in my license. My license doesn't have my, my niqab is up because in the States you have to have yeah, your face showing. Yeah. So I showed him, yeah, so I showed him my, my license. Um, he didn't ask to lift up my niqab or anything like that. Uh, but I just, out of respect, just to let him know here, this is my face, and kind of brought it back down, mm -hmm. and um, and everything like that. But nothing negative, alhamdulillah, nothing yeah. that I, you know, yeah, alhamdulillah. But just when I, my beautiful experience is going to Dominican Republic, um, my home country, and wearing a cup. It was it was a beautiful experience, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. So, um, what made you move to Saudi Arabia now that you're, you're living there, you mentioned? Yeah. My husband um, is an English professor. Uh, my husband converted in 1998. Um, he was born in New York. Uh, parents are from Puerto Rico. Um, so he decided when he converted, you know, wants to learn about more about the dean, and he decided to come to uh, Saudi Arabia. And for him to come here, he, you know, he has a master's in English, so he decided to teach English here. So he is an English professor here in Riyadh, um, Al Faisal University, and he is an English professor here in Saudi Arabia. So we took advantage and so now we're living here um, in Riyadh. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. And what is, um, what is um, life like there? Like how do you find the cultural difference obviously being brought up in it's, New York? Yeah, it's to be honest with you, um, it's really, you know, you feel at home of course because this is, you know, Muslim country. Um, everything like as a Nakabi, you know, when you go to a rest, when you go to restaurants, you know, they have a, a divider. So if I want to lift my niqab up, I can sit and eat no problem. So they have all these restaurants for niqabi, uh, happy niqabis, you know, how can I say like, uh, like welcome for sisters that wear niqab. So they yeah. have special places to eat and, you know, then they have the malls or whatever. So it's easier for a Muslim woman to be here in Saudi Arabia. Now, when it comes to, let's say the youth in, um, in out of, any out of country compared to the United States, in the United States, we're fighting to wear hijab. We're fighting to mm -hmm. wear niqab. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then the sisters that do wear in the States, the hijab and the niqab, you can tell they're doing it for, you know, for the right reasons because mm -hmm. Allah had told them to do this and they do it. Over here, they kind of take it for granted. Um, and some of them have their religion as something that, you know, oh, I'm a Muslim and that's it. Okay. Um, yeah, like compared to here, it has, I love Saudi Arabia. If I could, we, we can live here forever. We could, but of course, when we have family overseas, it's hard. But the only thing I see that, that the kids or the youth or the women in the States or up, you know, West take advantage um, of the religion and they wear the hijab and the niqab compared when you live in a Muslim country, when you have the rights to do that. They take it as like, oh, why? You know, even if they see that I wear it in America, why, sister? Why you wear that? <laughs> you could go to America and take it off and that, you know? So it's, it's sad, but it's just that they don't know. I'm thinking, you know, that was, that was how they were brought up. It was a culture, you know, a hijab is culture, niqab is culture here. So, um, so that's what I see. Um, sometimes we see sisters here walking without hijab. Muslim, you know, and we're like, mm. oh my goodness, you know, but, um, but this is how, this is the way the Ummah, and you can tell this is the end of the days, <laughs> yeah, and this is when we have to hold on to our deen, of but yeah, that's only, that's only sad, sad thing I see, but besides everything, you know, everything in here in Saudi Arabia, we love it here, um, when it comes to being a Muslim, this is the best country, you know, to live in, because um, you feel at home. But when it comes to niqab or hijab, it's basically over here like a, not all the sisters, you know, but most of the sisters take it as like culture, you know, mm -hmm. the hijab or the niqab, you know. Alhamdulillah. So would you say that you feel that um, sisters who wear the hijab get treated differently from the sisters who wear the niqab? 
I think now to be honest, I'm talking like maybe up west in the west. Uh, I think what it is, sister, to be honest with you, I'm seeing that hijab is becoming like a little fashion thing. Mm. Um, the more prettier the hijab, and you know, because you want to be accepted in the society, you kind of dumb down the hijab in a way of stuff for the law, like try to fashionize it. You try to, you know, put it on like, you know, let me just look in like the others, you know, like the Jahaliya women, I'm sorry to say this. So people had, that's the new trend now that when I first converted to Islam in 2000, you know, we had to wear an abaya. That was, you know, that's our uniform, an abaya, mm. our hijab, you know, and, and then whatever we had our clothes, right? we had jeans, we had a skirt, it was under our abaya. Yeah. But now it's become a norm that you can wear skinny jeans and a t-shirt and a hijab and that's in. And mm. if a hijabi that is trying to wear the, the correct uniform says, well, that's not the way we're supposed to dress. You're considered an extremist. Yeah. You're considered too much. You know, sister, why are you making Islam is easy? So the ones that are trying to practice their religion the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had asked us, and if we try to tell someone, well, I don't know if this is right. Where does it, oh, sister, you're being too much. You know, oh, you don't know what level of, the, of where the sister is at. It, it, to me, it doesn't matter what level, what, what the, the thing is that when Allah tells us, we all get tested, yes, in many ways. But at the same time, a sister, let's say, for example, that wears hijab and if she goes to a non-Muslim office and, you know, because now it's, you can't be discriminated for hijab now. Mm -hmm. So she tries to make it look more appropriate for them, to fashionalize it for them. And it's basically for them to be accepted instead, instead of her thinking that Allah, you're supposed to wear it for Allah to accept mm. you, not for society. And that's one thing when I decided to wear niqab, I wasn't trying to please society. I, I know I have to, one day, like I always told my kids, mommy can pass away any moment and I have to answer to him, not to you, not to my boss, not to my husband. I have to answer to Allah. So, and that worries me, sister, now because, you know, I have grandkids and I tell my kids, Islam is becoming something liberal that I notice that people are just trying to modernize it and I tell them you have to be very careful I want the niqab to say this beautiful thing that has always been this beautiful pearl and now alhamdulillah that like with your program that you're showing this beautiful pearl to show other sisters that this is beautiful this is something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us to do and we wear it with love and we wear it with pride and this is something that I hope that stays and that the hijab is still the same, the way it's supposed to be corrected, the way, the correct way, not the fashionalizing, you know, mm -hmm. but um, being Muslim, I figured that, you know, some sisters are trying to make it look more fashionable so they could be more accepted in jobs, in schools, and society, but society is not going to take you nowhere, you know. Yes, but, um, May Allah protect us, I mean. I mean, I mean. I mean, subhanAllah. So sister, now you've been living in Saudi Arabia, have you come across any sisters there who, for example, have been forced to wear the, the niqab? Or have you met sisters who do want to wear it, but for some reason their families aren't letting them wear it? Um, not, I haven't met anyone yet. Um, I will tell you a story when I was leaving from Saudi to back to America. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting in the airplane with this sister next to me. Because um, when you're going from Saudi to the airplane, you know, you see all these sisters, you know, Abaya, black and everything from head to toe. Mm -hmm. So this young girl sits next to me with niqab, the hijab and everything. And then there's a brother, a Bangladesh brother that's sitting in the edge. So it's three seats. 
So the sister told me, you know, that she had her bag. She goes, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. She started talking to me in Arabic. I told her I don't understand Arabic. She goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And she had left her bag by under the seat. I said, yeah, she could put her bag. I said, no problem. She went to the, she goes to the bathroom. Then she comes back. But when she comes back, she's wearing a t-shirt, skinny jeans, no hijab, no niqab. And then I see this girl just comes and sit next to me. And I look at the girl, I'm like, sorry, there's someone sitting <laughs> I'm like, sorry, someone is sitting here. And she's like, and then she starts talking to me. It's me. I'm like, who me? <laughs> I'm the one that was sitting here. And I look at her and then the brother looked at her too. And she's like, yeah, because I'm going to Mexico uh, for vacation. So, you know, and then I'm like, what? And she took everything off. She just, we didn't, we were not even 10 minutes on the airplane. <laughs> so that's when I, that's when it hit me. That was like four years ago. That's when it really hit me that the sisters here in Saudi are probably taking this or maybe wearing because mommy and daddy telling me to wear it. Um, and, you know, took it. And the brother had to give her dawah and tell her sister, you know, it doesn't matter. You could go to Mexico and still wear your hijab. Because we were like stunned. Both of us, me and him, were both, we were just stunned because she comes skinny jeans, not even feeling that, that embarrassment, like that shyness that you just, you know. So it's, and that's it. That was the only situation I went through. But here in Saudi, I haven't met anyone that had told me, oh, sister, you know, you're American. Why you wear this? You know, over here, we're forced. <laughs> but I haven't, alhamdulillah, and I don't want to have that conversation. But I haven't had that conversation uh, with anyone here in, uh, in Saudi Arabia. Oh, Allah. It's, it's, it's sad when you hear these kind of things, you know, because I've heard many stories like this as well, subhanAllah. I remember, and, you know, I've met sisters from Saudi Arabia here and, you know, and even a few other Muslim countries and even coming to the masjid sometimes, the sisters coming in with like mini skirts and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. you just think, subhanAllah, like, it's just, mm -hmm. it's shocking, you know, subhanAllah. Like, it's just like you said, we, we make a lot of, um, it's so difficult in the West to just wear your hijab, you know, and properly without being discriminated. And, you know, when you see a sister coming from another country and, you can wear obviously hijab hair freely it's up to you to wear it but when you when when you see a sister who's been born and raised in a muslim country and you know they don't they don't they don't know like they don't know the meaning of the hijab it's like they don't appreciate it it's really sad subhanallah because they just see it as something it is, it's just it's, cultural yeah yeah but, and, and it is like one time my husband and i and, and my because i have two stepchildren that i'm raising we have been camping in new york you know and i wear a nakabi when when i wear a nakab let's say i'm going camping and i'm going to be with a lot of people that are not muslim so i will wear like a light gray you know kimar mm -hmm. uh, i'll wear like a light gray and pink like some light colors you know mm -hmm. and i'm um, still wear my nakab so uh, I remember us going to camping and it's usually mostly white Americans that do camping and they go there. And of course they see me and they do like a triple stair and a lot of stairs and, you know, and I just keep going. And at the same time, the reason why I do this because um, to show who I am, because I have my stepdaughter, I have my daughter, I have my granddaughter. Cause I, what I, the point is, is to show them that when you're doing something for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, don't be afraid of who's around you. Don't mm -hmm. care about who's talking behind you. When you're doing something for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is the main thing. Like, I am the first Latina Muslim from my family, from my kids' family, from my generation to wear, be a Muslim first, <laughs> to wear a niqab second, and, you know, to be in dawah and everything. Because I want to be that strong 
Muslima, Latina example, inshallah, may Allah, you know, always mm -hmm. renew my intention, is mm -hmm. to show other sisters we can do this. Don't let other people tell you that you can't do this. You can do this. When you are, when you love your deen and you know everything you're doing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you want to show the new generation that yes, I can wear niqab, you know, still be pretty at the same time, wear my color, you know, if I wear a gray, you know, niqab, uh, let's say uh, abaya with my gray, I will wear like a light pink, you know, purse to match up, you know, because we like to look nice. And it doesn't matter if we're niqabis. We like to look nice, but at the same time, we present ourselves in a very professional way, and we're very educated women, and we can do things. We're not letting that stop us, our niqab, or you know what I'm saying, sister? Yes, so just being that, and I think, yeah, and us talking to sisters that have been born Muslim, and then when they hear us, they're like, maybe they need that, kind of like that push, like, wow, they did it. So we should look at ourselves and try to change. Do you get what I'm saying, sister? Yes, so things definitely. Like that, you know, so inshallah that we can help each other as women, not bring each other down, but just kind of bring each other up, inshallah. Inshallah. So sister, can I ask you, do you, do you believe that the naqab is a barrier? And if so, in which sense? I don't believe it's a barrier. And I prove that, you know, I knew that when I first put it on, but sometimes the shaitan tries to whisper things in your ear and people and, you know, say, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. You start believing it in a way, but when you start living it, and you start experiencing like, wait, this is not a barrier, you know? And I'm like, I can do this. You know, I, like I said, I swam with my niqab. I go to the beach with my niqab. Oh, I roll a speed with my niqab. I, you know, I'm a tomboy. I, you know, I, you know, I rode a bike with my niqab. Um, it's like things that I, you know, I have done, you know, me and my husband, we went to the streets in, um, in New York, give dawah with my niqab. Um, what can I do? Went to Dominican Republic. So nothing stopped me. I didn't take it. I just took it. Allah asked me to do this. Alhamdulillah. I'm going to continue with life. You get what I'm saying, sister? I'm going to continue what I have to do as a Muslimah, you know, with all, you know, with respect and everything. But I'm not going to say, oh, now we're in a cup. I can't do this. Now that we're in a cup, I can't do that. Yes, in certain things, of course, mom, in, in Islam, yes. But there's things that I continue to do. I still continue to do it. So I don't make that as a barrier. And I never thought of it like that. Other people do think of it like that, but then you have to prove to yourself that it is not. And the only person that can prove that to is only to yourself because people can tell you it's a barrier and then you start thinking, yeah, maybe it is. But then if you're gonna start thinking like that, then you're not ready. You yeah, need to like go forward. Yeah, you have to go forward and say, I can do this. If you're doing it for the right reason, there won't be no barrier, you know? And if whatever was closed for you, it's because you were in a cup, it wasn't, it wasn't meant for you. And you continue. You just clean your, you clean your face up, like you clean the dust off your face, yeah. and you get up yourself up and you keep going, you know? Alhamdulillah. So sister, um, what would you advise um, sisters who would like to wear the niqab, but they're hesitant to wear it, or they're you know, feeling a bit unsure about themselves? What would you advise them? One thing I told the sister that was try that wanted to wear niqab, alhamdulillah, she's wearing it. And when she told me, I was first, I was scared and worried. Um, the reason why um, I felt that scared and worried for her, because I was worried, is she? I was thinking, is she ready? Because you know, she just came from an emotional part, and now she just reverted to Islam. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, is she really ready to wear this niqab? Because when you wear this, it's a it's a responsibility you know, and it's a, uh, it's something that we're doing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when she told me that, she's like, Sister Sahar, I'm thinking of wearing niqab, what do you think? 
And I told her, I said, sister, did you pray about it? Do you understand what the niqab is about? Do you understand why the sisters wear it? Um, and um, she said, yes, I read about it. And then I gave her some more lectures and, you know, the Quran and Hadith what talks about the niqab. And I told her, um, and she lives in New York, so it's not like, a, you know, she lives somewhere like in Idaho, something that she's the only Muslim. Um, and I told her, I said, okay, if this is something that you want to do. Um, you thought about it, you made a sakara, and this is what you want to do, then go ahead and wear it. Um, but I told her, so I advised her, I said, when you wear it, just, you know, wear it one day, just go on the weekends with it, and then do it little by little until you're completely, you know, wearing it for full time. Um, and then she, you know, she, she, alhamdulillah, she's wearing it, uh, and I make dua for her every day because it's not something easy. Um, and um, so I would tell the sisters, I need you to understand, you know, because to me, I believe it's fard, um, I wear it. Um, and if whoever wants to wear it for whatever reason, you know, that they have the right intentions to wear it. And not to think, and the main thing I told the sister, if you want to wear it, please don't think about where everybody's looking at you. Yes, because if you can start, yeah, because if you can start thinking like that, psychology, psychology, you're going to start thinking, oh my God, everybody's staring. When look at that person staring, then you never, and you're going to have this fear of fear of people instead of fear of Allah. So that's one thing I, you know, I did to advise her. Don't worry about who's looking at you. Look down when you're going outside in the subway, bring a book, bring something, you know, and just focus on whatever. Do not focus on the people around you. Um, so that's what, uh, but Alhamdulillah, she's wearing it. She works in a Muslim company, so which is good and easy. Um, but um, I, that's what I would tell the sisters, you know, just wear it for the right reasons uh, and don't think about who's looking at you. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Um, and so to, to, find, to finish off this interview, sister, I will ask you your final question. What does the niqab mean to you? Niqab means to me the pearl of Islam. Um, and it's something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explained to us and it's through the sunnah. It's something that it's understandable why we wear it. Um, there was no question asked when I first read about it. Um, to me, it's like a, my stamp, my statement, who I am. Um, and inshallah, may I continue into Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes me, um, inshallah. And that um, I continue to, as an example, as an ambassador of the deen and to show future sisters that if they're thinking of wearing it, you know, that they see us as Nakabis like us, that we are professionals, you know, we come from different backgrounds and we still, you know, do what we can. We don't let that stop us, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that's my stamp. That's who I am. That's my, like I call my signature. You know, everybody has a signature look. That's my yeah. signature look. So that's what I take it as a pearl of the Dean. Um, that's how I take it. And, I, and, uh, and may Allah always keep that love that I have of wearing it um, and wearing it for the right reason, not for, you know, fame or whatever. I just wear it to show people that, you know, I don't, because sometimes people see the niqab as, oh my God, look how she wears it. Even Muslims, oh my God, how can she wear that on her face? Yeah. Oh my God, poor oppressed woman, you know, she probably doesn't do anything. She probably, you know, she probably looks ugly there. Well, you know, whatever the case may be. But when they see us um, as women, as out there and niqabis, and, you know, like, wow, so I want them, whatever culture they were used to looking at the Nakabi as a certain way, to see the Nakabi in a different way, 
in a beautiful way that this is what Allah SWT asked us to do. And yes, we're Nakabis and we do things. We speak English. We speak, you know, we're educated. You yeah. know, we speak, you know, I, I speak Spanish. I'm like, hey, you're some Nakabi. And we're, you know, Allah SWT, see how my Spanish, como estas? Like, wow. And then they get excited, especially yeah, especially my people, when I was, like, when I used to stop at Get Dunkin' Donuts, and there was a Dominican manager and everything, and every time I would go inside, they asked my daughter, and she knows me, and then, you know, these people are not Muslim, they're inside the store, I'm inside, you know, in, in New York, and every time I go there, and I'm in the, I'm the last person, because I just walked in Dunkin' Donuts, and she sees me, and she tells me, hola, como tu and I go, me bien, and she starts talking to me through the mm. line, and people are just turning around, looking at me, and then, like, she speaks Spanish, and then uh -huh. people ask her, Oh, she, she's like, yeah, she's Dominican like me. And then, you know, and then they get happy. Yes, and they get happy, especially, you know, like, it doesn't matter what country you're from, but if, you, if it's your people, they feel good. Like, wow, look, at, she's Dominican, she's Muslim, she's covered, and, and they feel good. That, that's the way I took it from Dominican Republic, from mm -hmm. the Dominicans, and I, yeah, from New York. They're very, they don't look at me like, oh, my God, how embarrassing, you know? Yeah. I never took it like that. I took it from the Dominicans. Um, as when they see me for the first time and I speak Spanish to them and when they look at me I'm waiting for that look of disgust oh my god how can you wear that they just smile and like you're Dominican really and they want to know more and how did you become and that was like the most like comforting thing uh, to feel because you know like you you're a convert and sometimes our people like how are they going to take us you know what I'm saying yes, so it's yeah. like, like so having that so having that background my people accepting me and wanting to know more about me makes me feel good i'm like wow i gotta do this i gotta continue <laughs> alhamdulillah and that's what makes me keep going alhamdulillah alhamdulillah just make sure that my mom becomes muslim <laughs> that's my dream and inshallah inshallah i mean yeah subhanallah that this is this is what makes it difficult being a reason but like i think what you've mentioned yeah. i really love is it's the human connection i think a lot of the time people forget that and that's part of what I want to achieve with this project you know to make people realize we're humans as well you know it's not like yeah. we're covered up and you know we don't have interests with the rest of the world it's not like that alhamdulillah mashallah that's really beautiful alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair, sister, for joining us today and sharing your story. I've really, really yes. thoroughly enjoyed it, alhamdulillah. <laughs> and I appreciate it, make dua for you that you encourage like sisters like us and that you give us a platform to speak up like, hey, yeah, we're Nikabis and, you know, we do things. <laughs> so I appreciate you doing this uh, for us. I really, really, I really appreciate it. Alhamdulillah. And if anything, like I said, my... um the whatsapp group that i help the sisters and please make do off for these uh, new converts are called the followers of the sunnah and these are like i said all these are our new converts coming from different backgrounds because as muslimas you know we all have our you know issues that we came mm. before islam you know what i'm saying sister yes, so it. sometimes when they come into islam they have all these issues that they're going through and now they have the deen on top of it so just being there for them to let them know that they're not alone we understand um and them going through their ups and downs you know putting hijab on taking hijab off not you know what i'm saying so they're all going through their roller coaster and 
for us, like Whitney, I'm not there to judge them or point fingers at them. I'm just there to support them, to let them know I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it is. And uh, just please continue making du'as for these, you know, these new converts. It's not like before when me and you came, you know, convert to Islam, we didn't have that much social media. Now social yeah, media is over. Yes, that is so difficult. It's yeah. more difficult for the converts. So inshallah, please, uh, if you can, please keep uh and do odds for these sisters inshallah, inshallah. inshallah. and mate please sister i'm um, inshallah you give me your, the information so that i can put it in the description the youtube description and everything and if anybody does need any help from um sister amada then inshallah they can reach out to you yes please inshallah inshallah, inshallah. okay jazakallah sister thank you so much for giving me your time today and um yeah thanks you to the listeners as well and that please share this video, this video and podcast episode, inshallah, because many people can definitely benefit from this. Um, yeah, jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.